This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Welcome to Toronto Today. Jim Tandy reporting here for an hour. Leafs Lunch returning next Tuesday, a week today. October 12th, getting you set for the Leafs season, the season opener, home opener, uh, Wednesday night, October 13th against Montreal. And that game will be live here on TSN 1050, as is tonight's game against Montreal as the preseason grinds on. This will be uh, five games for the Leafs, and after that, a day off tomorrow and uh, uh, out of town on Thursday to, to gather the team and one final game on Saturday, and then it's on to the regular season. So plenty of Leafs stuff to talk about here. Uh, certainly the win last night that uh, we can go over it and the projected lineup uh, for tonight. But there's one thing I just want to clarify right away because it's story made the rounds after the no shootout last night that our good friend from the Toronto Sun, Terry Koshan, has, has updated, and uh, here's what he had to say uh, coach Keith said it wasn't true it was canceled because some leaves were sick we had our players selected the referees seemed to be coming over each game and asking coaches if they wanted a shootout dj the ottawa coach threw up his hands and i said i didn't care and the refs made the call so i mean that that sick the leaves with sick players story was a little odd because they just played a game it didn't make a lot of sense but when you're in a pandemic you worry about these things but uh, uh no issue that way it was just one of those things where you know i guess it's week two everybody's gone through the the uh, the rotation a couple of times and you know i was actually surprised they included it at the end of a game because it's kind of a, a letdown for the home side especially if you've won the game it's like hold the applause again the nhl has been notorious for that type of behavior in the past but anyway this has all worked out it's i don't know what happens going forward this is just an explanation on what happened last night. Coming up with the broadcast very shortly, Cheryl Pounder will be by to talk about the Leafs. Later on, we hope to have Josh Lewenberg, Raptors practice, um, I guess, pending. If it goes long, he won't be here. But anyway, the Raptors started last night at home, finally, 123-107 over Philadelphia, and so I had to watch the Leaf game because I have my Leaf duties, but I have Raptors duties, so I recorded that game and watched it right after the Leaf game, and pleasantly surprised and thrilled just because of the exuberance um, that the Raptors showed. I mean, obviously without some guys, and it's their first preseason game, but if you had any doubts about the selection of Scotty Barnes, you don't anymore. This guy is a ball of energy. I mean, he is just, uh, you, you can't miss him. He's out on the court. He's all over the place. Very good basketball player. Don't know exactly how this tracks this year for him, but I saw sort of looked at the game as a bit of a tip to the future. Uh, and this is a Raptors roster like none other before. It's got size and length, a versatile lineup, um, athleticism all over the place, regardless of who's playing. And I kind of like it because knowing how Nick Nurse approaches things with a fresh look to whatever the situation is based on what he has to work with. I mean, this has to be, and in some respects, a dream come true for him to have this kind of versatility. And I, It's funny. I was watching, as I watched both those games last night, I was sitting there going, I just became uh, Captain Optimist because I'm, I'm looking at the Blue Jays situation, and as painful as it was, the way they went out on Sunday, I look at that as ent- crossing the threshold into some great runs. Now, I don't know who the Blue Jays sign or don't sign or, or how they come out of this, but there's enough there. The core is so young that you can see that it's going to stretch for years ahead with the optimism. When I watch the Leaf game, I look at this lineup and I go, okay, yeah, you know, we can just uh, have the history lesson of what didn't happen uh, in the playoffs last year. But if you watch that all-or-nothing series, I, I think you'll understand where the Leafs are now and where they were then are two different things. This roster, I'm going to try and do my projected roster, but when I look at this roster, the versatility on this roster that the Leafs have is second to none. I mean, literally, you've got the four key forwards and everybody else, and we're talking, let me do some math here, eight forwards that can interchange on any line in any situation 
And, uh, you know, I talked about Nick Nurse with a Dream Raptors roster that way. Sheldon Keefe has to be looking at this going, oh, this is fun. This is going to be fun. Somebody doesn't work out. I put somebody else in. I drop him down. I got two guys in the bench that, that aren't dressed that look pretty good. And it applies, it can apply to the blue line as well, but, but not the uh, top end depth that way. Uh, goaltending tandem looks solid. I mean, there's plenty to be happy about here. And again, you could, you can deal with, you know, what didn't work out, but that's past. That's in the past. That's gone. And so when I talk about the Leafs, Raptors, and the Blue Jays, I suddenly get really optimistic because I think we're crossing the threshold into, into some good times. I mean, that's my take on it just based on what I saw last night. Let's bring in now a hockey expert, former player, Cheryl Pounder. Cheryl, how are you today? I'm great, Jim. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm so optimistic. I mean, I don't, I don't normally get there, but I'm just, I just <laughs> like what I see. Uh, and, and, you know, let's, before we dive into that, you are part of the top 50 players on TSN, which airs, I think, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Uh, and you have yep. your top five women players, but you also participated in the top 50 players. What, how did that feel for you? Oh, it was great. You know, it was, it was awesome uh, being part uh, of the panel this past season and having Steve Dryden ask me to be a part of that, which was, Phenomenal, of course. I uh, watched a lot of video, I'm not going to lie, and uh, found out some interesting nuances, some of those NHL players. So that was a lot of fun for me. And then, of course, coming off of the heels of just an amazing women's world and having that opportunity to uh, rank my top five, of course, no meaning co- meaningful competition for two years, made it a little more difficult. But heading into an Olympic Winter Games, it's certainly very, very exciting to see these women as well. Uh, so in both cases, I mean, how much uh, how much did you debate with yourself to, to, to get your list down? Oh, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's it's all, you know, it's a lot of opinion, of course, and the, and the styles that you like. And it's just, it's not just looking at the numbers for me, because it has to do with two-way hockey or situational teams that they're on, impact players, difference makers, those kind of things. So you start start having conversations with yourself and those around you, which actually makes it a lot of fun. I mean, the debates that can happen are, are pretty interesting. I know I had a few. I uh, would, would have loved to have had a few uh, in the women's game uh, with Danielle Sauvageau over, over a couple glasses of wine. We could have got pretty heated. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's been great. But, again, it, it just brings different perspective uh, and allows you to kind of look inside a little deeper uh, at the nuances that you might be more interested in. So so did a lot for me in terms of just, uh, you know, sort of analyzing different players. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to be a part of it. Okay, let's talk about the Leafs uh, doing well in, in the preseason. Uh, and yeah. you know, I don't know what your roster is, but I think it's it's not going to be much different from mine. And what I like about this roster is is the flexibility, the versatility on it. If somebody doesn't fit on a line, there are plenty of other options to backfill and move people. I mean, the moving pieces on this yeah. lineup, especially up front, are, are second to none. How about you? Yeah, I would agree with you. And I had the opportunity to be part of that blue and white scrimmage, so I was down at uh, the practice facility watching them and just. The pace in which they all play, uh, the way they're inserted to compete and the battle level in particular in the D zone, I think that's something that they're going to be working very hard on in their puck retrieval. But when you look at guys uh, like Josh Hosang, I mean, here is a guy that has impressed the hell out of me, to be truthful. I mean, I've been watching him and his awareness, his ability to move a puck. And, you know, the impact he could potentially have on a second unit power play really put himself as part of the equation. A guy that probably came in here and kind of everyone had kind of written him off and just yeah. doing uh, wonderful things on the ice. You've got Robertson with the drive uh, so hard on that puck. Wanted to hit the net a little bit more, but, uh, you know, there's so much wealth here up front. And, and I'm with you. I'm really interested to see how it all 
sort of hammers out. But certainly, I think there can be movement within that roster. Of course, with Richie, how is he going to fare with Matthews and Marner and bunting perhaps with Tavares and Nylander? So there's people that can bump in and out. Comp and Kasha looking like they're solidifying that sort of defensive role. A lot of familiarity with them having played together and their youth in the Czech Republic. Who's going to be on there? Could it be Kerfoot, Mikheyev, or is Mikheyev going to move up? I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it, uh, especially opening night. Well, let's go to pace, pace of play, because that, that's very important for this team. You know, and when we're talking about all these names, they are bona fide NHL players, whether they're here yeah. or somewhere else. It, the, the, we're looking for the fit. And, and uh, you said his name. Josh Hosang, for me, really creates a problem for me because I, I, yep. I'm having a rough time fitting him on the <laughs> roster. And as soon as I take him out, I go, no, no, wait a minute. This is the guy who actually matches the pace, doesn't he? He, he really does match the pace. And, uh, you know, you look at, the situation uh, where he is at and his ability to, to move the puck. Does it matter that he's a righty? Can you throw him on the left? There's so many different questions that you can ask around this guy. One of the things that I've been very impressed with just his hockey IQ. You can see it, especially live when you're down at ice level. You just see his awareness, his ability to move a puck quick and recognize why he's doing it. You know, I think he, he was looking to pass a little too much, could have taken the shot a little bit uh, last night, but he has that ability. His his first few strides are quick. He's hard on a puck, so he can really keep that pace. So, you know, you got to believe he's getting a contract. Worst case scenario, he's with the Marlies, but I I know he's he's presented or he must have presented a problem for uh, Keith and the staff with the Maple Leafs because he's certainly doing a job and making them think that you'd have to believe that. I mean, if you think of it, if you have Hosang and, and Robertson on the Marlies and they're a mid-season recall <laughs> to both of them, who has that kind of a problem? I want to watch some of those games, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, when you think about it, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible when you think of Robertson. But very, very different players, uh, just as I watch them more and more, you know, Robertson seems to be a little bit more north-south, uh, you know, loves to shoot the puck really hard on on the puck. Hosang you know, isn't afraid. He goes east-west a little bit more. Uh, he, he really, you can see him thinking and being aware in the game. So I think that they're different styles, but both of them bonafide NHLers, in my opinion, and uh, really looking forward. I mean, again, these are two players that you could see in, in the lineup. Um, the question for a Robertson, does he, can he play in the bottom six, or do you want him with the, the Marlies uh, in development? But how long is that going to go on, right? So, again, yeah. a lot of questions surround uh, uh, these two guys in particular for me. Well, and a nice one-two punch with Camp and Kasha. These two yeah. guys really add a layer that the Leafs haven't had before. And on a nightly basis, you know, Kasha is sort of an emerging story because you're understanding that he's healthy. We didn't know exactly where he slots yeah. in. But Camp on a nightly basis, you notice him. You go, oh, look at the move. Yeah. He just Look what he just did. I mean, you can't miss him, can you? No, you can't. And when you look at them and the chemistry that happened, when you talk about Kasha, he's had 20 goal seasons. He had a 20 goal season back in 2017 with Anaheim. So the guy can score. But when he's put with comp, there are two guys that can skate. They're, they're good size. You know, so they can be that defensive role line, which, you know, can present some offensive flair if needed. And, you know, if you add a Mikheyev on that line, you know, again, that adds more size and more, more speed, uh, puck pressure creating opportunities perhaps by turnovers. So, again, you know, there's so much. But then, then the question remains with Kerfoot. So, again, you're talking about that versatility. So, for me, again, a, a lot's going to depend on, on, you know, your lefties and Richie and Bunting and how they play out as well on those top two lines, if that's where they land, uh, and, and the movement that can happen up and down the lineup. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect scenario, really, because 
you have to come in and you have to compete and you have to have a sense of urgency each and every night if you want your spot. And so that's, that's a healthy competition within this group. And it's something I'm sure as a coach I would want, and I, I would have to believe that uh, Sheldon Keefe wants that as well. Like your take on Micaiah, because we, we all know the story here. I mean, this guy is, is a goal or two away from, from breaking out, probably needs yeah. to, to maybe increase the intensity on a consistent basis, but he is so close to what they need. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, when you talk about, the one thing you never stop talking about is his opportunities, right? And so yeah. he's getting them. It's a matter of him maybe just taking a little bit of time to having a little more patience around the net to find the back of it. And, of course, I can get in your head, I'm sure, but... You know, for him, if he can start to finish those opportunities, I mean, he's creating turnovers, his speed. I mean, I think we t- watched him chase down McDavid last year. So this guy has the straightaway speed. And uh, and on the line with perhaps Comp and Kasha, you're looking at guys that can really shut down but also provide some offensive jump as well. So so for me, uh, you know, I'm really looking to see if, if he can finish some of those opportunities like everyone else, I might add. But, uh, you know, I think if that can start to happen for him, I think it's going to be a, be a real difference maker. Yeah, you know, and, and you just said an, an interesting phrase there. I mean, literally, uh, when the game on the line or when a goal is needed, they just simply have to do it. it and in the past, it, it may or may not have happened. Certainly during the regular season, it did. But in key moments, they just have to do it, don't they? Yeah, well, they do. And I think, you know, it, it comes back. And you can say killer instinct. You can say whatever you want. But it, it's also learning how to win. And, you know, of course, they've, they've hired Greg Harden, the uh, high performance coach now, to working with some of them. You know, he's worked with, you know, key key guys like Tom Brady and Michael Phelps, sort of just working on providing options and resources sort of within your toolkit to be able to to really recognize and, and find ways to perform under pressure. And so, you know, they're in this market and they're going to need to get through their first playoff round. So I think that they're being provided with different resources to try and get them there. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to finish. you got to put it in the back of the net. And uh, that's something they're just going to have to do. So, I mean, Mikheyev uh, is one of them that's just going to have to, to find it uh, if he wants to, to gain, gain the minutes that uh, he, he's talked about. Let's talk about the blue line. You know, much improved, mm-hmm. and, and I, don't, I don't have a, a much of a problem at all with the, with the starting six. It's just uh, it's the depth. And so with Muzzin and Dermott out temporarily, uh, do you, are you a little concerned if, if there was an injury here that, would, that had some significance to it? Well, I think I'm concerned because, you know, I, I, with the Bogosian loss, I think, you know, there's, there's a physical, strong, defensively minded guy, strong and tough in front of the net. So, so for me, you know, who, who's sort of filling that role? So that's something that, you know, I have question marks around. Of course, Lilligren's been in the, in the minors and, and, you know, when is it going to be his turn to sort of step up when he does get those minutes? Uh, but there's been a lot of work done in practice and we're watching that, uh, in, in the D zone, the, the ability to jump on a puck quickly, to play strong below, the hash below the circle, uh, below the goal line, if you will. I think that's going to be a key element uh, to their offense as well because you got to get out and you need that quick, close support. Uh, and it's not going to be the long bomb. It's going to be the three, four-foot pass that uh, helps them uh, get into neutral ice. Let me ask you about Sandine. Uh, I have this yeah. issue with him. I think he's a great <laughs> prospect. He's got all kinds of talent. My concern, I call it the Corey Perry play, so you know what I'm talking about. He's yes, in his zone. He has the puck on his stick. There's a half steamboat count, and it's too long, and boom, into the boards. Yeah. I mean, he just that's the one play that he does where I go, just pick up the pace, buddy. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, well, you're funny because, you know what, I never had any hands, so I just kind of fired it off my stick. I was high, hard, off the glass pounder, so... So I cannot, uh, you know, assimilate with Sandine, but uh, certainly that, that sense of urgency, right, that extra move can get you into trouble. And I think 
that's something, you know, he will need to learn. He's, he's obviously offensively gifted. You'll be looking to see him on on the power play, uh, whether it's PP1 or PP2, uh, that's, that's to be decided. But uh, he's a guy who, who can present that, that, you know, ability to get the puck out. But it's a matter of that urgency and seeing it and doing it, not holding on to it too long and closing his lane. Sometimes that's what I find happens to him. I was actually commenting to my husband last night, watching the game, you know, if he just moves it a bit quicker, you know, it'd be yeah. unbelievable. So, you know, that's something that I'll certainly be looking for as uh, as they move on. Um, but, yeah, I, I think obviously he's going to be a mainstay starting there, and uh, we'll see how he progresses through the year. Uh, and great depth as we talked about it. And so last night in the game, you see Pierre Engvall for the first time and he rips yep. in while well, one was a short end or an empty <laughs> net goal. But, but still, when he scored the power play goal, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. That's great depth there too, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you, the, the pieces here are in the interchangeability or something, you know, that's significant for Keith. We looked at Engvall, yeah, he's played in the middle, he's played on the wing. Uh, I'm still going back to the pass. Uh, Hosang looks off and then just delivers uh, the gift. But again, you know, here's a guy that if he can start to play physical, I think that's the big thing that I, I look for when I, when I see Pierre Engvall. You know, he's got good size. He can get to a puck quick. If He doesn't slow down, but he finishes his check. I think that's something that, you know, for myself, I'm looking for from him uh, when he finds that body position. Make sure that he finishes that check. And uh, make sure that the play continues with him and doesn't end with him. And, of course, last night he showed that it did continue and it went to the back of the net. So a nice sign for him yesterday. Uh, and I guess, you know, there's a couple of question marks here, obviously. I mean, with Matthews out, and we don't know exactly yeah. when he comes back, he's not playing tonight for sure, maybe Saturday, maybe uh, Wednesday for the opener. But to develop that chemistry with Richie, how difficult is that? Well, you know, Richie, uh, you know, when you talk about him and, and what he has done, he, he was with, with, with Boston last year, of course, and had his 15 goals. Um, and, you know, the, there'll be question mark there as well because you need that chemistry. You need that time. Of course, Matthews, I think, has looked great in the, in the minutes or the, the work that he has done with the trainers. And you know the connection between Marner and him. I think that's going to be sort of a question mark. Uh, of course, Richie's being inserted there, but... I think the question for me is, can he keep that pace and uh, with those guys? I mean, they think the game at such an elite level. They move so quickly off of the rush. Uh, so once they're in the zone, I'm not concerned about Richie. I think he can provide that physical element down low in front of the net, below the goal line, try and create some space for those guys to work their magic. Uh, it's more off of the rush and, and where he's going to be. So, so I'm interested to see that chemistry as well. And, of course, it's going to take a little bit of time, I'm sure, once Matthews gets inserted and lets uh, fingers cross for opening day um, that he, he's ready to go. Of course, good sign that he is in practice and seeing a tiny bit of contact right now. Okay, one one more before we let you go. The, the power play, and obviously because it's not a full lineup, we don't see the what, what they're going to use um, in terms of players during the regular season, but you're seeing the setup. So uh, take yep. us through the difference and, and, and what you think of it. Uh, you know what? I, I like Marner in the bumper position. Uh, I was watching it. Uh, it was funny doing the blue and white scrimmage. It was kind of odd having a buzzer go off every four minutes in a game. I felt like I was in kids hockey, but they would switch and watching uh, Marner in the bumper position. I just... When I think about a guy like him, obviously he, he, he wants to have more of a, a shot first mentality, but his natural instinct is, is, is to move the puck. And so in that bumper position, I find that he finds the puck well. He's got quick hands. He follows the play. He's going to bring people into him. If he can deliver to his flanks and, and Nylander and Matthews, I think that, you know, they're going to see some, some great offense and punch on that power play. Um, I love Tavares net front. I think he's got, 
such great ability to move in tight. I, I, I was talking, I think, uh, on the broadcast that, you know, his, his ability to play uh, lacrosse at such a high level and roll off checks, I don't know if that's, that's part of it, but uh, for me, he's great in tight. So, so I like Tavares there. Um, and with Riley on the back end, we'll see. I mean, as, whether Sandine's going to be there or Riley. But again, I, I like the net front uh, by Tavares. And in particular, I'm very interested to see Marner in the bumper position. Um, I think, you know, obviously he comes out of that to be strong side when the puck needs to be retrieved. But uh, I'm very interested to see that. And, and I like it at first glance. Oh, look, we're all optimistic. I love this. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you've been watching All or Nothing. You're, you're, you're feeling the vibe again. You're feeling the vibe. Well, I, it's funny you say that. Did you watch the whole series? I have not watched the whole series. I have uh, I have daughters that uh, want to watch one episode at a time, believe it or not, because they really get into it. Uh, but, um, yeah, we've just been watching. I think we've watched the first, I think it's the first two, two or three. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched all of it. I binged because I, I, that's the way I am when I'm watching something. But it just when I see them now as to where they were back then, it's night and day. I mean, they had some really catastrophic injuries at, at bad times. And, you know, obviously the Tavares one was, was the headliner. So, I mean, I could look back on it and obviously retrospective analysis, but you could see that it just wasn't going to happen. And this group, I'm much more optimistic. I'm almost willing to put a line in the sand and say that was then and this is now. Well, I think you have to. I mean, but again, at the end of the day, you know, the uh... – when it comes time and they're in the you know playoff time, I mean none of this is going to matter, right, Jim? It's all going to be about whether right. they can get through it. And I think that, yeah. I think that's going to always be at the back of everyone's mind. Is you know they could, you know they could come in first in their division. They could win the president's Trophy. It just they have to get through that first round of playoffs. And um, you know you, you try to step, start with a fresh mentality, different team, different perspective. Um, you, you hope that it's it's experiential, but at some point it's it's not about uh, it's not experience anymore. It's time to get her done. <laughs> yeah, that, well, we'll we'll leave on that. Cheryl, thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jim. Take care. Thank you. That's Cheryl Pounder, two-time Olympic gold medalist and TSN hockey analyst going over the Leafs. Uh, we're going to play Yes Guy, No Guy with our producer, Stephanie, next. But first, I just want to go through. I, I did my roster. St- uh, Stephanie challenged me to, to come up with one, and it's all, I mean, it's pretty pretty simple. Uh, my my issue was who was on the outside, so I'm just going to rip off these lines for you. And I did the cap thing, and it all worked out. Matthews between Marner and Richie, yeah. Uh, Tavares between Nylander and Bunting, okay. Uh, Kerfoot between uh, Kashev and Mikheyev, and the, the fourth line was Camp with Spezza and Simmons and Brooks and Engvall were my spares, and that meant that I had no room for Robertson, Jose, and Gusev, Amadio, uh, Semyonov, and and Curtis Gabriel. And and you know, as I said with Cheryl there, the, the Robertson, Jose, one two punch coming off the Marlies at midseason would people would would love to have that possibility. And and I just I really hesitate with Jose because he, he plays with the right pace. Um, and I'm not convinced that some of the other new names will, but we have to let that happen. And I think that, you know, it's a safe move to send him down because he, he was, a, you know, a PTO. And if anybody was interested, they would have made an offer by now. So it seems safe. I hate to do it, but I think it's, you know, he would benefit from it. Um, Brooks and Engvall coming off the bench or, or plugging in is fantastic. And what I like is, is what I said before. If you separate Marner's, Mar- uh, Matthews and Marner, Tavares and Nylander, put those four guys off to the side. Your remaining eight forwards, do I have that right? Yeah, your remaining eight forwards could literally play in any situation on any one of those spots left. And I mean, the, the third line could become the fourth line. You could mix and match with, with any one of those guys and move them up and down. You could take any one of those guys and stick them on the left side of those top two lines. And, and that flexibility 
is something that most NHL teams would not have. The blue line's fairly simple. Riley Brody, Muzzenhall, Sandine, Dermott, uh, you know, and, and who do you keep? Uh, I had two extra forwards and an extra blue liner, so you're stuck with, do you go with Biega, uh, Dahlstrom, Lilligren, or Hollywell, uh, and, you know, what do you do with the others because you, you may lose them? That's a tough decision, but there is no Bogosian-type uh, uh, grit there in any of those guys, so that would be a loss. Goaltending tandem, I have no problem with um, you know Campbell to start, Mrazek to back up originally, and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, it's a it's a great lineup. It's the deepest lineup I think they've ever had, and it's the flexibility is is Raptor like, uh, which is a compliment. Uh, I don't know exactly where all this goes, but uh, but I want to see. I sort of approach this much like I do with the Raptors. Is I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what the end goal is, and obviously the albatross here is the 54 year Stanley Cup drought. But this is an intriguing roster to watch grow into something. What it grows into is, is beyond me, and I couldn't possibly sit here in early October and tell you what happens next May and June because it's just it's impossible to do that. But there are there is potential here, and, and we'll see how it plays out. Coming up next, we're going to play Yes Guy, No Guy with Stephanie. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Wow, TSN 1050, live in your radio, live streaming, podcasting, and on-demand on Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. Now, back to Toronto Today. Welcome back to Toronto Today. Jim Taddy reporting. 1 o'clock, it's gameplay with Matthew Cause. Uh, coming up later on, we're going to talk about the Raptors' 123-107 win over the visiting Sixers last night at Scotiabank Arena with fans there. First time the Raptors have been home since, what, February 20th, 2019, right? Is that right? No, 2020. Boy, I, I, I get my years all mixed up. Don't ask me what happened last year. I don't remember anything except for the Leafs lost. But anyway, that's the way I am. Time for this. Yes, guy. No, guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned use of Yes, Guy, No, Guy on Toronto Today. And Stephanie is going to be our question asker. I was going to say quiz master, but, but I think that's a registered term, so I won't use it. Oh God, no! I cannot. Uh, I cannot share that title of the quizmaster. A certain Steve Dryden from TSN Hockey would be very unhappy with that. Wow, the trademark office will go nuts on me because I've been phoning them so often to rat out people <laughs> who have stolen my material. But anyway, go ahead. What's the list at now? Overdrive, Jay on right. Uh, who else? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sending out <laughs> invoices. Uh, this is I can, yeah. I'm sending out invoices that aren't being paid. So you know, it's going I'm gonna have to hire some sort of a law firm to chase these people down. <laughs> Good luck with that, Catman. All right, so I'll get started on this. Uh, looking ahead to tonight. Uh, preseason game. We'll see Mikheyev playing alongside Tavares and Nylander. Yes guy, no guy, Chapman. Mikheyev is a better fit with those two guys than Michael Bunting. Oh, boy. I'm going to raise some eyebrows. I'm going to say yes guy, he is. And here's why I'm going to say that. I love what Michael Bunting brings to the table. He's in the right spot. He scores. But here's my question. Uh, on the left side of Tavares and Nylander, on the left side of, of Matthews and Marner, do you really need somebody who's going to score a ton of goals? You need a, a complementary piece, right? Somebody who does some work, creates some space, 
and then would set up, or if need be, if the other two can't do it, then you're going to score. So that's why I'm going to say Mikheyev. And I think if that was to happen, that would be a booster rocket for this lineup, that Mikheyev could play there because it would mean that, that you're dropping other people down that are very capable. You'd love to have a, a guy who could score like Michael Bunting on the third line, wouldn't you? So I'm going to say yes, guy. What do you think of that? Um, I could, I, I would still, you know, Bunting has had a pretty terrific camp so far in my mind. Yeah. Um, so I, I would like to see him start this season with those two guys. And, and I think that left side is going to be completely interchangeable all year long. Uh, yeah. even, you know, who knows what Richie will look like on that, on that top line. Um, so I think I'd, I'd still like to see, I, I feel like we know what we have in the KF or what they have in the KF story. Um, we know, you know, the issues with, with finishing there, which, you know, you said you don't, maybe don't need production from him necessarily, but I think I'd like to see Bunting get a look there at least to start. Um, so that brings me actually, actually to our, our next yes guy, no guy. Um, as I mentioned, Richie looks like he's going to start the season off on that top line. Yes guy, no guy. Rich, uh, Nick Richie will build off his goal scoring success last season and score 20 plus goals for the Leafs this year. I'm going to say yes guy to that, especially if he's on that line. Uh, he should be able to get 20 there uh, just by, by being there. And that doesn't, uh, that almost sounds like a negative thought. I mean, he's got other things to do on that line, but, but the, I mean, that, that line generates so much offense that I think you would expect the winger to come up with 20 plus goals on that line. So that's kind of a no brainer for me. I might be wrong, but I'm going to say yes guy. I think any, I, I think I, I've said to you off air that Hyman won the lottery this off season. Yeah. She getting to play with, with Matthews and Marner is probably not that, uh, that far off either like that's uh he also won the lottery in a way with those two uh so uh, speaking of Hyman with McDavid so my next one Crosby McDavid and Petrangelo were named to the 2020 Olympic team over the weekend yes guy no guy Tatman Mitch Marner Morgan Riley and and John Tavares are all a lock in your mind to join them on Team Canada Oh, lock is the key word. So I, I hate to upset oh, people. I'm going to lock. I'm, I'm asking you, black or white. I'm going to say no, guy. They're not a lock. Mitch Marner is, um, and I, I firmly believe that Morgan Riley and, and JT will get there. But I'm not going to tell you they're a lock at this point. So I, it's your wording that trips me up. So a lock is is a no, <laughs> guy. But <laughs> it sort of gives me a way to weasel out of this. I'm going to say no lock, <laughs> but they'll be there. <laughs> uh, I think Riley, maybe depending on how this season goes for him like you know the contract year I would assume he's going to make the team uh Tavares is an interesting one uh when Craig Budden and and, uh, Mike Johnson did their you know projections mind you this was back in the summer um they did their projections for the roster uh Craig did not have Tavares on his team MJ did uh and of course we remember Tavares at media day speaking about how important and how meaningful it would be for him to make that team how badly he wants it um so i personally for fans uh, it would be great to see the three of them there yes oh, no I, guy tatman oh sorry yeah, did you have a follow-up I, I just yeah i mean you'd love for the three guys to be there because it would mean so much and and even if it's i mean for mitch marner to be there he would learn so much it just it always takes your game to another level when you're playing with that kind of talent so it, it would be great for the leafs to have three guys on that team yeah. Um, okay, so this is probably an overreaction after the Raptors' first preseason game. But again, these are all outlandish just to get an opinion from you. 
So yes, guy, no guy. Scotty Barnes will exceed expectations this year, play a massive role for the Raps, and have the potential to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. Yes, guy, no guy, uh, the rookie of the year scares me, I, I, but I'm going to say yes, guy. I just think that you know, uh, everybody sort of went, "Whoa, why did you draft him?" But you, if you saw him play last night, this guy was a had some great, uh, great skill level. He was plus 19 in the night, had 13 points. Um, you couldn't miss him. The guy's a ball of energy, uh, and and you know everybody is is embracing the the his ability and, and loves playing with him. Uh, this guy is I call these guys developing or breaking stories because it's going to start out over here on the left, and by the time you're, you're at the end of the season, you've got this other package, and you go, wow, look at the growth on this guy. And, and the Raptors are notorious, the best in the business at developing talent. So this is this is a marriage made in heaven, Barnes and the Raptors, and they told us that when they drafted him. Now you can see it in front of your eyes, so an emphatic, a hard yes guy. Oh, love it, Chats. Okay, moving on to Jake. Obviously our focus um, when it comes to pitching with this team and this offseason is whether or not they're going to be able to bring back Robbie Ray. But I'm going to go, I'm going to throw another picture at you, Tess. Free agent Marcus Stroman was on Twitter on Sunday and said he'd be open to a reunion with the Jays. Yes guy, no guy, bringing the Stro show back to T.O., no guy, no guy. It was <laughs> erratic. Emphatic, yeah. no, no, guy. no guy, no hesitation. And, you know, he's probably matured. But the one thing that you would like, aside from all the other pluses with this Raptors team, is uh, sorry, the Blue Jays team is is how they're they're straight ahead and they just went about their business. They enjoyed every second of it, but there was no nonsense. There was no um, no kind of negative vibe out of this team. It was very positive, which made it really hurt when they they won but were eliminated on Sunday. And I don't want any of that. Vibe coming back if you could convince me that that he could check all that stuff at the door and and just put his head down and pitch then i would say yes but but you have to convince me so it's a no guy with no hesitation it's something about uh, this team and the close-knitness of the group and the chemistry that they have together i don't know if you're bringing him in and potentially messing with that you know that chemistry and there always seems to like as much as i love his passion and emotion that he shows on the mound there just seems to be some sort of a distraction with him. Um, well, I mean, there's always a, some storyline and distraction around him. So I, I would agree with you there, Chad. Did, didn't he anoint himself as Mr. Toronto at one point? Probably. I, I don't remember because my memory is terrible, but probably. It sounds like something yeah. you would do. I think he got the tattoo, too, yeah, uh, it's if like, I'm not mistaken. Dude, but... yeah, dude, you represent the city and, and the team. Just leave it at that. Stro show to um, yes guy no guy, Patty Kyler yeah. Murray will continue his hot streak and end up winning the NFL MVP. Just FYI, he has overtaken Mahomes as the consensus favorite to win with the U.S. Sportsbook. He's at plus five fifty to win. Mahomes is next at plus six hundred. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to go with that. I'll defer and go yes guy on that. I, I'm not a big guy of anointing NFL MVPs at this after week four, but that's the way it's tracking. I, I, you know, KC's kind of, a, and they're in that tough division, kind of a weird story. I, I don't know exactly what, what their uh, issue is, but maybe it's just not their year. So I'm going to just lay them out and go yes guy. Okay, I, I think we have time for one more. I'm going to go back to the Leafs on you real quick. So Mitch Marner, he's going to play in his first home, se- uh, home preseason game tonight. And obviously there was a blue and white game last week, but this is the first actual preseason game. We know the angst 
you know, with the fan base, with him this off season, you know, we know we're looking ahead to opening night. Yes, guy, no guy, Mitch Marner will receive a warm reception from the, ha- the fans in attendance at Scotiabank Arena. Either oh, I'm going to say more so opening night, actually. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, guy. They better. He's their first all first all star uh, winger since 1963. Uh, you know, you could harp on what didn't work, and and I know there there's you know when you analyze the Leafs, you always have to trot out the history lesson, regardless of how far back you want to go. But he did accomplish something that nobody's accomplished since 1963, and his better best years are ahead of him. So why not? I think you know that that, that might be the the issue here is you know everybody's sort of deferred. So well, let's see what happens in the first round but we've got what six and a half months before we get there um, and let's let's get behind this I, there's a lot of positives here I, I, you know obviously the negatives sort of jump off the page and, and and we may be proven again but let's see it happen first so I, i'm just gonna i always defer to supporting the player because i, I just think that when when their job and, and their credibility is on the line most of the time they find a way to deliver so i'm behind them i'm agree i agree with you Tash. Yes, guy, they damn well better give him a warm yeah. reception. It's personally like somewhat sickening the personal criticism that he's faced, you know, and, and a lot of this is trolls on Twitter. So I'm not oh. going to give that too much credence and, and, and those trolls too much of a platform. But yes, he's your star. He's a hometown guy. Um, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He damn well better get a warm reception at Scotiabank Arena next uh, Wednesday. Next yeah. Wednesday, ooh, a I week know. tomorrow. It Where all begins. Go? Seth. Yeah, I know that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, so that's it. Thanks for letting me play along here. Well, our pleasure. And uh, you know, I, obviously, we've got what, what three more shows to do this week, and then Leafs lunch returns next Tuesday, and we're off Monday. So let, let's play it again. Okay, I'll plan. I'll plan a special Friday edition for you. How does that oh, sound? Excellent. Yeah. Okay, I'll start <laughs> gathering some material. Thanks, Batman. All right, thank you. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Raptors. An impressive win last night, albeit in a preseason game. But, boy, I mean, that was a, an athletic display, that's for sure. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, live on your radio, live streaming, podcasting, and on demand on Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. Now, back to Toronto Today. Welcome back to Toronto Today, final segment for a Tuesday, a game night Tuesday. So we have the Leafs in Montreal, 7 o'clock, Scotiabank Arena, live here on TSN 1050. And then, of course, the season opener a week tomorrow, live here against Montreal again from Scotiabank Arena on TSN 1050. Kristen Shelton, Joe Bowen, Jimmy Ralph, and myself all standing by and ready to go. Uh, we'll get into the Leaf lineup very shortly. I just want to go over the Raptors situation last night and what a thrill it was. So as I said earlier, watched the Leaf game live, recorded the Raptor game, and went to it. 123-107, and it was just very optimistic for me. I mean, this was a team that was minus Trent Jr., uh, Pascal out until November with the shoulder problem, recovering from shoulder surgery, and Boucher now gone three to four weeks uh, with a dislocated finger that he's had an operation on. Uh, so he'll be back eventually. So the starting lineup was Ochua, uh, OG, Barnes, the rookie with the, their first pick, and Dragic, the veteran, and, and Freddie. And, you know, a couple things jump off the page. First of all, OG's role expanded, and so in 25 minutes, he's 7-12, uh, and he had... 
three rebounds, an assist, and 21 points, plus one on the night. And Barnes, in 25 minutes, 6 of 10 shooting, uh, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, plus 19 and 13 points. Now, those numbers are great. Uh, you know, this is first uh, NBA uh, preseason game. This is a de- debut performance, and what you got out of him was endless energy. I mean, this guy, I don't know where this story goes, but I want to be part of every second of it because this is this is a remarkable find. You go back to the draft, and, and I still remember when his name was called out, and a lot of the NBA, uh, you know, people, the draft experts, absolutely went, what? Uh, and they told us right away, this was this was a, a versatile, athletic guy who would fit in nicely, and the athleticism, the energy, I mean, this is this is a Raptor. This, this guy really defines what, what a Raptor is, and he's done that in one game. Uh, he's going to be nice, a nice story to watch. Uh, this is just, I mean, this this story is endless. And like I said with the Leafs and, and the versatility, they've got depth in this team. They have, just have it in front of me, eight guys fighting for three roster spots. These guys are either on two-way deals or non-guaranteed contracts. You've got Bonga, Decker, Perry, Gillespie, Wananabe, Wainwright, Johnson, and Champagne. Uh, on, uh, Johnson and Champagne are on, on, on two-year two-way contracts uh, this this champagne guy was, was marvelous at 22 minutes last night i'm looking at him he came up with 17 points plus 16 he was all over the place so the, i mean their depth and let's not forget bet the, the toronto kid he played 24 minutes and and uh, fired six points he has boundless energy and, and what makes me optimistic more than anything else about this situation is that i've said this many times over the last couple of years uh, this team is second to none it's at the top of the list in how to develop talent they do this better than anybody i think at one time uh, in the last year they had the four starters were, were non-drafted players i mean they know how to do this they know how to look at somebody and understand not what they're doing but what they're capable of and that's not uh, a lot of nba teams aren't built that way because they don't have to be they're top heavy uh this is uh, you know this this is just fun to be around this story and i've as i've said on the air before uh, you know when the rafters do something i never have to worry about the decision i want to see how it works out because you know these guys have won they, they have you know if you go back to 2013 and how they built that team and and then got to the point where they could manage their assets into a Kawhi Leonard and win a championship that's what it's all about i mean you see teams that that have the the asset management a little soft and and they miss their opportunity but i mean that's what we're starting to see this is walking through the the threshold of that equation again very deep roster and, and you know the the icing on the cake is Nick Nurse and the coaching staff because of the way they look at every situation and and figure out how to make it work, how to find the plus that I, I can't say enough about how impressive that is as opposed to coaching staffs. And I'm not going to rhyme off any names that have a set way to do things, and this is the way we're going to win. And I would say, oh, really? That's the way you're going to win. The way you're going to win is the way you're going to win. There's no there's no prescription for that. You have to figure that out uh, at, in the moment or, or have your preparation done. Uh, and Nick Nurse's uh, read and react and, and figuring out what to do in the heat of the moment with in concert with the players, by the way. It, it's not a sermon. Uh, they work on this together. I mean, this is this is a remarkable story. I always remain totally optimistic about the Raptors because uh, they know how to do it. And when it doesn't work out, it's for very good reason, not necessarily anybody's fault. And the other thing that I got struck with last night was watching this team play and realizing uh, that what they had last year was basically a skeleton of the team that won 
the championship two years before. I mean, there, there wasn't much left. Uh, they had no center. Uh, it was just awful to watch. Uh, and literally, that because of COVID, uh, because of playing away, and, and because of injury, they maxed everybody out. So, you know, people were wondering why they were resting people at the end because they had to. They, they went many nights with a, with a slim roster, and they had to play the heck out of everybody. So this situation is a total contrast to the one last year, and, and thank everybody for that, including uh, the faithful that were on hand last night. Uh, you know, it was great to see Nav uh, courtside and, and hugging the players. <laughs> uh, it's just great to see everything back. Uh, so uh, let's get to the Leafs situation. And um, there's a bit of a, a, clo- a quote here from, from Kristen Shelton. I'm just going to read this in ad lib. But Sheldon Keefe has Mikheyev with Tavares and Nylander right now, but don't count on it to stick. Um, and uh, his quote is, I don't know that we have a consistent player there to start. Uh, we've got competition and we've got different options. So so that that's that situation that, that Stephanie and I, and, and actually Cheryl Pounder and I were talking about as well. Uh, so who is penciled in on the left side of Tavares and Nylander? Well, I would suggest to you that nobody's penciled in. It's it's whoever fits in the moment. I, I think you would love to see Mikheyev in that role, but if it's not, if it's bunting, and you know, and then you could look at it as you know, not necessarily a regular season thing. But when the playoffs come around and you have specific matchups, then you have the flexibility. And as I said earlier, you put Matthews and Marner, Tavares and Nylander all off to the side. You've got four guys on the left side. You've got two guys down the middle and two others on the right side. And all of those eight players literally can transition to any other spot in that roster and you wouldn't skip a beat you know we've got Kerfoot here as the third line center at 3.5 now who's to say that Kerfoot doesn't play beside Tavares and Nylander and Camp moves up to be the the third line center and Brooks comes into the lineup what what's what sells me on this team is the ultimate flexibility on the final roster and that's still without on my roster that's without Robertson and Hosang going to the minors and another guy who I find is very intriguing is this Semyonov character I mean he's on a one-year contract and and is free to go at the end of the year he's 26 but this guy is a good hockey player you know I I just I feel bad for him because this is not um, a developing uh, situation on the roster he's a good hockey player but probably uh, out of his uh, uh, position in depth here because it, it, they really don't need somebody to, to try and come in and, and, and find their way. They, they need to hit the ground running. And that's Curtis Gabriel out. That's Amadio out who scored last night. Gusev out. Um, that's on my roster. It could be different. There's just all kinds of possibilities. So tonight we're told that Semyonov would, would center, uh, if I can read my own writing, Richie and Marner and Tavares and Mikheyev and Nylander would be a line as well. And uh, then we've got Gusev in the game, um, Amadio and uh, Anderson, uh, who I thought we were going to see more from in camp, but we haven't, and Sini and SDA and Gabriel, uh, those might be the lineups. That's what we have at this point. Riley and Brody, Dahlstrom and Lilligren, and uh, Manel and, and Rubens on the blue line with Hollowell maybe uh, and Morazic to start and likely play the whole game. So that's probably what you're going to see tonight. Um, interesting lineup. Uh, and again, you know, at the end of the day uh, and after tonight, there's a day off tomorrow. And, and I'm sure that I think they split for a, a little sort of out of town retreat Thursday that not all the cuts will happen but a good portion of them will happen because there's only one preseason game left and, and you have to start getting uh, people in the right spots. And we don't know exactly the track for Matthews at this particular spot because uh, he may or may not play Saturday, may or may not play 
on uh, Wednesday night for the opener as well. The other thing we have going tonight is the wild card game. Uh, the Yankees uh, in Boston against the Red Sox. Uh, so that'll be intriguing as well. Plenty of stuff going on, and then there's that Urban Meyer video. Uh, you know, I don't have much to say about it other than the ownership has has backed him, and we'll give him a second chance. Why a head coach goes out in a restaurant and it appears in a scene like that after a game is is beyond me. But but what do I know is probably the best way to sum it up. So we've got. Um, Yankees in Boston tonight, uh, but on our air, uh, on our station, we have the uh, Leafs and Canadians. We start at seven. Kristen Schulten and I will have the uh, the pregame show. Ralphie and Bonesy uh, will have the play-by-play as per usual. Optimistic about the Leafs, even though there's that history lesson. Optimistic about the Raptors because there's just so many players there, and they're I mean the versatility of the lineup. And this is you know I could put the Leafs. You may argue with me, Leafs, Raptors, and Blue Jays in the same file. There's plenty of good stuff on the way. Obviously, disappointment. We saw it with the Jays. Disappointment. Thanks, guy. Saw it with the Leafs. Disappointment. Saw it with the Raptors last year. Thanks, guy. But we're pushing forward. Life goes forward. You understand it in reverse. Then I'm going to be optimistic on the way out. Gameplay is next. Thanks for joining us in Toronto today.